All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Episode three of the Sports Lampoon. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Chavik Engelsnash. I'm your co-host, El Generico. And today we're going to talk a little basketball. We're going to talk about a couple of different topics today. We're going to be talking about the upcoming free agency. And the NBA draft. We're going to talk a little bit about the LeBron James sweepstakes, some of the unrestricted uh, free agents, and some of the big trades that have already went down. Mm-hmm. And who we think is going to go where in the NBA draft, and who the real steal of the draft is. Mm. All right, let's get started. And with that, welcome to the Sports Lampoon. Kick it off. Let's start with the NBA free agency. Who do you think, uh, other than LeBron, is like the biggest player that teams are going to be going after? I think uh, upcoming free agency, the biggest name that's not LeBron James is obviously Paul George. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's good as gone, right? He's as good as gone from OKC. He was basically a one-year rental anyway for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they were aware of it going into it, uh, but you know, I great logic on OKC's part, by the way. Just you know what. This guy clearly wants to go to Los Angeles. Fuck it. Let's just go all in, give up our young player in Oladipo. Fuck it. Throw, you know what? Give him some bonus, too. Why not? Yeah, give him some. He's old as shit. Give, give him up. And the fact that they weren't even one of the top teams in the West, like, they were always at middle tier. Like, people, they, maybe they assumed they would just hit another gear and, like, just play better. Yeah. And they just never did. I think that's the stigma that super teams have formed in the NBA where, you know, oh, they're going to take a couple of months, but, you know, the Celtics did it, the mm-hmm. Heat did it, the late, uh, the Warriors did it. All these teams have done it. So, obviously, come January or February, they're just going to be unbeatable. I mean, they had to shop them during the trade deadline, but I feel like they might have been asking too much, especially knowing the fact that he wasn't going to be there during free agency and that he was almost a lock for L.A. Mm-hmm. Like, they couldn't – maybe they could have tried to work something out with the Lakers, like, at the trade deadline to get something out of it, and now they're just leaving with their hands empty. I think they were kind of all in on just seeing where it goes. Maybe yeah. the second half of the season after All-Star break, they were going to just be able to win him back or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. Um, I, I mean, you know, everyone kind of knew this was going to be a one-year rental. Even Paul George alluded to it preseason. They were talking to him, and they were like, well, you know, is this just a one-year stay before you go to L.A.? And he was kind of, you know, oh, no, you know, we got to see how the season plays out. But he didn't never definitively say, you know, I'm here for the long run mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. I think the real shocker of it all is that OKC got one more win than they did in Russell Westbrook's MVP year this past season. It's just lack of chemistry from uh, not building it throughout the season. Plus, there's injuries that happen. Paul George hurt for a little bit of time. Anthony was hurt for a little bit of time. And... And Westbrook just needs the ball to dominate. Yeah. And, like, without that, they, they he just needs a good complement. And Paul George isn't that type of player, I guess. You have three ball-dominant players on one team uh, that need the ball in order to be productive, mm-hmm. especially Russell Westbrook. And uh, when you got guys like Melo who, you know, I think at some point they were like, hey, uh, would you consider taking a bench roll? He laughed and he told someone, hey, wants me to play off the bench, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I mean, this is Carmelo Anthony who still thinks he has a lot to offer the league and he's still a max player. Nah, he's washed. He's so. washed. He's over with. Right. So players like Kevin Durant, pretty much he's, he already said he's locked to sign back. He's with, a lock to sign back with a... Uh, with OK... Oh, no. With not OKC. Golden State. Um, Chris Paul looking like he's going to go back to Houston. Why not? They I don't think so. 
Um, you don't think he's going to go back to Houston? I don't think he's going to go back to Houston, and I don't Why? think Houston can afford him. Well, they already have James Harden on $225 million, Yeah, it's definitely a they, fucking... They, he a lot made it, it very clear to them he's only coming back if they sign him for the five-year max. Damn. Super max, whatever the case is. See, like, now that thinking... Maybe it was just he said it after the season ended, but like, why not use him game six and seven of the fi- of the Western Conference Final then? Well, game six, I think he sat out as a precautionary thing, but, but game, game seven, seven yeah. I don't know why Chris Paul doesn't play. It makes absolutely no sense for me. That's just, that's just one thing they're going to look back in their team history and be like, damn, we should have just went for it. That's where the NBA conspiracy theory guys go nuts, and they're like, it was rigged so that the Warriors would win, and then they would win the title. It has to be. Yeah. Next is this one's a question mark for me because I personally don't know where he's gonna go, where he's gonna end up. Is Demarcus Cousin? Um, I think no matter where he goes, he's still gonna get a very lucrative contract. I don't know if he signs or if anyone signs. Even coming him for off like, torn Achilles. That's the thing. That's why I don't think anyone signs him for like a max four year, five year, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think he still gets a boatload of money because he had probably his best all around season since he started this past year. Do you think him as a player would go to a team, say like Houston, if they because another free, uh, free agent restricted is Clint Capella, so they could always decide not to bring Clint Capella back on and sign someone like Demarcus Cousins to have with James Harden. I think that, would that it would be. A, work? I think it'd be an interesting pairing because Demarcus Cousins is a very, in a sense, an Al Horford type of player where mm-hmm. he is pass first as much as he is very scoring oriented. Yeah, uh, he's basically Al Horford on you know, super, super, superman status because uh-huh. he was putting up 25 and I want to say 25 and 11, uh, 25 and 12, whatever it was, along with like five assists, yeah. which for a big is just amazing. Yeah. Um, he was he was doing very good defensively. Uh, the one thing that I will say, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule out him leaving uh, New Orleans to go anywhere because the team got better yeah. after he went down. AD just turned it to another gear. I mean, I feel like he had to do that. It's not them being better. I feel like that was just he had to step up. That and Drew Holiday going back to Drew Holiday form yeah. really helped them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, does adding him back to the equation hurt them? I don't hurt, know if I it feel hurts. Like it I feel like it stunts AD's potential because yeah. um, you have another big that's clogging the lane and AD as much as he can shoot and all that, he's just very comfortable working through the post. But you have those two together, it's just unstoppable. How See, do you, that's how what do you everyone said them? for the past season and a half, though. I mean, before he went down, they were playing very, very well. They were, but were they winning significantly? Like, were they were they legitimate contenders? Were, was anyone really saying these guys are going to beat Golden I State? think they were on the cusp of starting something very good, like, some, like something great almost, but then he went down with the torn Achilles, and AD's like, I just got to be superhuman. I just got to be Superman right now. I got to be AD. So were you, who do you think? You're saying, you saying... I don't know if he signs with Houston because, again... He's got to go to a contender, you think, or you think he's all about I mean, money? I, I'm, I'm definitely in, in agreement that he would want to go to a contender, mm-hmm. uh, but he is also really, really young. He's, I think, 26, 25, turning 26, um, or 27, but... He has time left. Not that I'm saying he's going to be the same coming off an Achilles tear. Mm-hmm. No one ever is. But is there a notable team that's missing a big man to like really go to that next step? Maybe a team like Portland. Could Portland Port- afford them? Portland, um, Milwaukee. Uh, there's also teams like Atlanta that are lacking centers. There's but they're teams, lacking a lot. They're lacking a lot. Um, maybe Miami is a potential landing spot for them mm-hmm. because... God knows, man. The Heat need help. Whiteside is just... I mean, maybe a team like 
the Clippers, who's potentially going to lose DeAndre Jordan. You He's think so? Where, I mean, who would sign DJ and for how much? DJ said he wants to go to Texas, where he's from. He wants to go to Houston. But they, in my opinion, the Rockets should sign back Clint Capella before they sign DJ. Because they're, they're essentially the same player. Yeah. And Capella's younger. And Capella, I think, is a little more refined, if yeah. I'm being completely honest. DJ can catch lobs and things like that. He's a great vocal leader, mm-hmm. but he's not as much of a dynamic impact player um, so much so as uh, uh, Capella. The only thing that hurts Capella is if Chris Paul decides not to come back, his usability is just, his, what is it, like user rating, whatever the fuck it's called? Player usage, yeah. Yeah, his player usage just drops significantly. Right. Like when Chris Paul's not on the court, like you can even see it in game six and seven of the uh, Western Conference Finals. He was almost invisible. That's why as much as everyone loves James Harden, I will never put him on that super elite, superstar level caliber solely because... He lacks basketball IQ. Sure, he can make an open pass, but anyone can. Mm-hmm. You know, any any point guard can. Bledsoe can. Dragic can. Whoever. Um, you, you can have rookies that do that, but he he lacks the basketball IQ to the point of we need a guy that can run and facilitate an offense and not just take step back threes. Mm-hmm. And I think that clearly became evident in game sixes and sevens where he just completely, he had great games, but the team fell apart because he was not leading them. Chris Paul was leading the team. Chris Paul was taking the tough shots, but he was also the guy that was saying, no, 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 you go here, get your shit together. Let's make this shot. All right, you're running to, you're making the cut. Here's the feed. Boom. Not just step back three, step back three, step back three. It's very easy for some, because not everyone could do what LeBron James did to the Warriors, where he could essentially, one guy can just take on the entire team. James tried to do it, but he's just not the same, but you're saying with IQ. Mm-hmm. He always thinks he can make a better shot than his teammates. Right. And where LeBron is the opposite, where he thinks he tries to get open to make his teammates have the better shots and essentially if he'd rather pass it than take the shots and James would rather shoot it than, than pass it. LeBron has the IQ and the awareness to know, um, you know, I am going to, you know, cut through to the lane. Uh, I'm going to just explode past this guy and I'm going to draw a double, maybe a triple. Someone's going to be open on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. That's why they made all those second half season moves. So it's like, hey, hey, George Hill, hey, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, let's get all these perimeter threats. You would think that the Rockets had that formula because they had great shooters like P.J. Tucker, like Eric Gordon, like even Gerald Green was hitting Trevor his shots. Ariza. Ryan Anderson didn't really play the entire series because he's he, he was he's he wasn't really used that much this season either. He's very three or, and he just hits his threes in the top of the key and that's it. If he's not hitting his threes, he's essentially useless. But I feel like them drawing in the double team. I feel like James just kept thinking I can get the foul mm-hmm. and they're just not going to get those calls especially Game 6 and Game 7, where mm-hmm. he, they just weren't getting any, any foul calls that they were hoping for, and yeah. they were just not hitting the open threes. Yeah. They just couldn't adjust. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up and how they couldn't adjust, uh, because I do want to touch a little bit more on that while we're talking about draft people, mm-hmm. uh, potential breakouts and things like that, um, because just to touch on it a little bit, the league is moving away from that, what had become the standardized adopted formula mm-hmm. of we're going to run the clock down, seven seconds on the clock, let's give it to our superstar. He's going to cut, draw a foul, or make a shot, mm-hmm. one or the other. KD, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. That was the entirety of the mid-2000s to the 10s. See, my thinking how everyone's saying that the league is moving away from centers, I just feel like we haven't had a dominant center 
like a old, like a Shaquille O'Neal of old, like a Tim Duncan, KG. I mean, those players could step away, but they still had those post those post moves down low. Like the market, like Boogie can do that. Mm-hmm. He's probably the one. AD. AD, yeah. Drummond sometimes when he feels like it. Right. Drummond is also still very two-dimensional. Yeah. And he's young. He has plenty of time left. But there there hasn't been a dominant center, like I said, Shaquille O'Neal, that could just take over a game when you need him to. Like, give me the ball, double team, triple team, doesn't matter. I'm I'm getting to the paint. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny, not really funny, but interesting, because the league is, if you think about it, moving away from that. Yeah. It's space and pace. It's perimeter ball. It's... Continue to pass, and the Warriors are the sole reason that that completely got disrupted. And the reason is you can't have that center now because there's so many, and and the GMs in the NBA have made it clear, listen, if you're a center and you don't have guard capabilities, even to the most basic extent, you're not getting a lot of playing time. Look at Whiteside. Look at Drummond to some degree. They don't really have a choice because he's their franchise marquee player right now. Late late in game, DeAndre Jordan rarely plays. Exactly. And and you you can't blame them for doing that because you can't have the the ball be, you know, just taken down into the post cuz they're going to double team, they're going to triple team you and you, you these guys don't have the IQ to pass it out. Mm-hmm. Shaq didn't pass it out, you know. Uh, Shaq just dunked on people, but Shaq is also a once in a lifetime top 5 of all time NBA player. You know, you you're not going to get that. There's the shades of that in guys like DeAndre Ayton, but I also you know, Aiton's a lot more refined. He can take a three. He can pass the ball. Things like that. We'll touch on that a little bit more a little later. Um, well, let's make some let's make some bold predictions here. I know it's very early. We're still in the moratorium period. But where does LeBron James sign, and why in this off season? I think he goes to the Lakers. Ouch. Personally, I know that sucks for you. Cause thinking, hopefully, grasping straws that he comes back to the Miami for the Heat. But, I mean, it's just all – you just list all the uh, positives or the pros to going to L.A. Um, his wife really likes it there. He has homes out there. His kids like it there. They have they have uh, his son, his oldest son, I forgot, LeBron, LeBron James Jr. Bronny, yeah. Yeah, Bronny. He uh, committed to high school out there. It looks like LeBron, post-NBA career, wants to be an actor. In Hollywood, and, right. Well, you're there already. You can't beat that. And the possible <coughs> – uh, trade for Kawhi Leonard and the signing of Paul George are just more reasons to go there. And you have a young coach like Luke Wallen who's actually came from the Warrior system. Came from a championship dynasty. Right? So it just seems like all the cards are stacked for the Lakers. Happens and, to be falling in place, yeah. And if anything, the second team is Cleveland just because that is his hometown and he's comfortable there. But I, And he knows that he'll, he almost has a fast track to the NBA Finals. Yeah, but I think that, and I forget who it was that said it, um, I, I think it was someone on ESPN, but LeBron's, or no, it might have been Shaq who said LeBron's mentality now is I want to get four rings before Curry does. Mm-hmm. He is in win-now mode no matter where that means he goes. Of, of course, he's going to you know, value his family and things like that. Um, I agree with you. All signs are pointing to L.A. He's got a very versatile, young, adaptable roster that can form themselves around him. Um, interesting question that comes up in that do they let Randall walk or do they try and trade away Ball? Because regardless of who they let walk in that case, they still have the young core of Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, uh, and you know, take your pick of the other two. 
uh, and coups. So. Perfect, perfect scenario. They get Kawhi by trading. I would say they're going to offer Lonzo, but I think they're going to ask for a player like Brandon Ingram. But if you're going to trade... Can you do that, though? Sorry to cut you off. I don't think you can do that because salaries wouldn't match remotely. You can't trade rookie contract for Kawhi's super contract. I mean, it's just pieces. That they're they're going to want pieces back for their top player, even though... Yeah, but there's no way they're going to just take one guy. They're oh, no, no, definitely not. They're going to have to trade some picks also. Um, maybe a sign-and-trade, like you said, with Randall. That's possible. I don't see that really happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just going to let him... They're gonna let him walk. I don't really know. I I personally don't know what their situation with Drew. He's like the biggest question mark to me because he is the only restricted free agent out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like they want to hold on to a player like Kuzma because he's so young and he's a great shooter and yeah. and he's a decent defender. He really was a breakout this yeah, past year. He's got he's got decent size, which Brandon Ingram lacks. Even though the ceiling is higher for Brandon Ingram than it is for Kuzma, in my personal opinion. Right. And ball, it's just the distraction. LeBron doesn't want the distraction there. Like, Did you if, hear if the little interesting tidbit where the Lakers told Kuz and Ball, yeah, tone it the fuck down. Yeah, we're trying to. Get I mean, they're 19, 20 years old, so like they're just having fun. But yeah. like they're trying to get players like LeBron to come there, and like they, he doesn't want that. He wants a championship DNA team. DNA team who wants to win right now doesn't want. Oh, we'll play around, have some fun. No, I want a serious group around mm-hmm. me, and that's that's Paul George, and that's Kawhi, and that's LeBron James. Right. That's a scary team. That is a team that can beat the Warriors, in my opinion. But, like, after you name those three players, who is going to be surrounding them? Because you can't just have those three guys. Ingram, Hart, But they're going to have, in my opinion, I mean, I like Josh Hart a lot. I do like him. He's a good role player. I mean, I, at that point, all you can really do is sign veterans minimum guys. That's, it's the same formula that Cleveland did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same formula that Miami did. You know, you just sign a bunch of older guys that are out of their prime, that are still good, have high basketball IQ, can lead the team, and can contribute where they need to and are comfortable with what they're doing. So what does that makeup look like? Does it look – does LeBron play the four, Kawhi play the three, and Paul George plays the two? Is that the setup? I think they're probably going to put George in at the five like they do in all-star games um, because at that point you have a center that's not really a center – um, and then at that point, uh, back on defense, LeBron can guard whatever so, big they have. So who's going to rebound the basketball? LeBron. LeBron's going to get every rebound over seven footers. Like, I think they, so. Like, defensively, yeah. But I think if they're that good on offense, they don't really need to worry about rebounding or anything like that. And you have guys like Randall. I mean, Randall averaged what eight rebounds a game this past you, season. But so. you can't just. I mean, Randall. I, I still think Randall's not going to be part of the team because he is going to want a big contract. He's a good player, and they're going to. He wants to get paid. He's not going to stay get less money, especially now when he has. This guaranteed contract and another possible guaranteed contract, he wants to get paid. Not every player is like the Warriors and LeBron James that wants to win. So like, people want their money. Mm-hmm. So a player like Randall, I don't see staying. I see him being like, I don't want to get less money. And some team like Portland, like the Nets, teams that have large salary caps that can pay these players, they're going to they're gonna throw money at them. At that point, I mean, you can just sign a cheap center. That's what the Warriors have been doing. They signed Zaza. They signed JaVale. You so can sign someone just to grab your rebounds. I mean, I'm trying to think of who's on their roster right now. They lost Brooke Lopez. They lost Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Brooke They're Lopez not going to resign him. I don't they think got Zubac. Zubac? Yeah, Ivica Zubac. I th- but he's... Or Ivica Zubac. He's, he's very raw, too. Maybe they get someone in the draft just to, like... I can't think of cheap center options. Cause I mean, what if... DJ is all in for winning a title and wants to sign with LA. That'd be crazy. That That'd would be, be insane. an insane team. So or Capella. <sighs> nah, Capella. I think Capella's going back to Houston. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he did, uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he sees the opportunity to win is way greater in L.A. if they do end up signing Wales like LeBron, Paul George, trading for Kawhi. But, um, but that's not the business of the NBA. The business of the NBA is players running the league almost, want to get their money. Again, not every player, almost, I'd say 90 to 95% of players in the league don't care about winning. They care about getting paid. And then you have that small five elite percent that know they're going to get money from other avenues, and they can worry about, okay, I want to win because I'm not getting, uh, I'm getting these shoe deals, I'm getting fucking, co- Clay's getting sponsored by chocolate milk, mm-hmm. and like they have other streams of income, mm-hmm. so the money from your salary is not as important. But players like Julius Randle, Aaron Gordon, Clint Capella, DeAndre Jabari Jordan, Parker. yeah, those players are trying to get paid. Right. And they're trying to be happy wherever they play. They want yeah. to be used, things like that. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. Um, let's talk about an interesting trade that actually happened earlier today. Recording this on June 20th, mm-hmm. uh, oh, earlier yeah. today, Dwight Howard got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Love the trade. Don't love Dwight, but I love the trade personally. Two second-rounders in cash. You can't really complain. They're just they're making power moves for the future is what oh, they're yeah. doing here. Yeah. Wait, there's a big class coming in 2019, and they're getting ready for it. Yeah. There's, there's a, oh man, um, I, I know you pointed out an article to me earlier today that said there's a possibility of Kyrie and Jimmy Buckets both going to Brooklyn. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it was an interview on Colin Coward's show with uh, Jason McIntyre. He threw out a possible scenario. It's very far-fetched, but I kind of get it because Kyrie is a New York guy and wants to pay, maybe play in New York, but like the Knicks are just a disaster, dumpster fire, and like who wants to go play there for under that owner? And then you have the second option, which is the Brooklyn Nets. Say he goes to place for the Brooklyn Nets. FKA the New Jersey Nets. Yes, FKA. Yeah. So. And a player like uh, Jimmy Butler, who's also a restricted free agent, who wouldn't probably sign back with the Timberwolves unless they somehow make a huge spike in the 2018, 2018 season, mm-hmm. um, joins him. And then you have that dynamic duo. And then whoever they have on the team, they're looking, I think, I don't know if they're going to end up doing it, but they were looking to also trade up into the lottery for this coming draft. Oh, yeah? To possibly get a player. I think it was with that Memphis pick at number four. Oh, but Memphis is also packaging Chandler Parsons' cancer contract. Yeah. So you really got to ride that one out. Yeah. You know? That's not um, a problem. I wouldn't say it's as infeasible as, as you think because think about it, 2010, LeBron and Wade, best friends. Hey, let's play together. All right, you want to play in Miami? Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. play in Miami. And, and you can Bosch also, just happened to fall in. You could see it from the perspective of Boston when they have a player like Terry Rozier, who's clearly not Kyrie Irving, but you have a player returning in Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. and you have the maturity of Jason Tatum, who could clearly be the guy for the team. Jalen Brown, too. Jalen Brown's a good – he's a good Robin to Jason Tatum's Batman. Correct. Because Jason Tatum – Jason Tatum – what's it, Tateman? Tatum. Tatum is the guy. He's the future. 19 years old, stepped up against LeBron in the West in the Eastern Conference Finals. Bumped chests with him before he was like, oh, oh what a shit, fucking play, that dunk. I? That dunk was insane. Fucking posters LeBron James gets in his face, and at the last second he's like, oh, shit, wait, this is the best player in the world. Let mm-hmm. me not. Let me not. Jason Tatum's going to come back. I guarantee he puts on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle over this offseason, and he becomes a beast. I've, I predict all-star next year for him. I think he goes latest fifth round in most drafts. Fantasy oh, for, basketball. For fantasy basketball? Yeah, definitely. He's he's going to be absolutely animalistic. Absolutely animalistic. Anyone else really stand out to you for this upcoming draft class? For the class? No, but I want to get to... Oh, sorry, not the class. The free agent class, not the draft class. I mean, 
call him a free agent if you want to because he almost declared himself a free agent is Kawhi Leonard. Right. Whatever that's, that, that situation is just like. What do you think about the little interesting tidbit that happened earlier today where Coach Pop met with Kawhi? I feel like this is just like last hope, last thing. Let me try and get him in the room. The same thing happened last year with Marcus Aldridge mm-hmm. where he said, I don't want to be part of this team anymore. I want to get traded. And then I think Pop talked to him and like convinced him to stay for another year. Maybe he's trying to do the same thing with Kawhi, but Kawhi almost didn't want to take the. He said he didn't want to take the meeting in corner reports because his mind is made up. He wants to leave. I actually heard from a, a colleague earlier today that apparently Timmy was also supposed to be part of that meeting. Ooh. So that that can maybe go to say something. I will actually. I, I I'm on the other side of what you're saying. I don't think it's a last hope at all. I think it's a very strategic move by Pop and the Spurs where they were like, front office was like, hey, listen, go sit down with him and just be a straight shooter, find out what this kid's doing. Uh, Pop goes, meets him, hey, listen, we understand. Uh, we're still trying to keep you here. Do you want to stay? Because if not, we're going to trade you for a pick. Be that the Memphis pick, be that whatever. We can win. We can still be a 50-plus win team. We will trade you if you don't want to stay. Don't think you run shit here, yeah. whatever the case is. Now, obviously not in those terms or nearly that No, possible. they probably said that. They probably said, you don't run shit here, yeah. bitch. But, like, you know, I, I think it's a very strategic and well-thought-out move on their part. It's it's smart thinking because the draft is tomorrow night, yeah. Thursday, June 21st. Mm-hmm. So why not take a Kawhi Leonard and just, hey, 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 you want him? Here you go, Sacramento. Well, hey, he'll look great with uh, Buddy Heald. Why not? Take him. Future, future Steph Curry right there. Yeah, there you go. Take Kawhi. We'll take the second pick. It's all good. We'll take Bagley. We'll take Doncic, whoever. But, like, if anything, it could also be, like, knowing that he's not coming back. That Because Coach Pop says he's not coming back coaching after 2020 Olympics, and Kawhi is going to be on that team. Mm-hmm. So it could pretty much him being, I know our relationship as a team, as a Spurs, is going to be ending, but I want to make sure me and you are still good because – we're trying to win gold in the Olympics. I don't think that that's necessarily... It also doesn't seem like Kawhi is that type of player to like rip a locker room apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I think Kawhi's uncle really got into his ear and his head Definitely. this past season because mm-hmm. Kawhi was the ultimate consummate professional, and then all of a sudden this past season, you know, the Spurs staff is mistreating me and this and that. They misdiagnosed my injury. And then you have Tony P firing shots. He's like, hey, listen, my injury was 10 times worse than his, if not more, and I'm cleared, so I don't know what the hell his deal is. And then that fire just eventually pissed off pop and he was like listen i don't want him to fucking play anymore he's gonna sit the rest of the season so i don't know when the fuck he's coming back but it doesn't make a difference to us i just i i have no idea that was it's still the most i think it's kind of a long shot where you know pop is like hey listen i want to have this meeting with you just to make sure that you and i can still be on good terms outside of the team i think this was purely a strategic move made by the spurs where they were like hey listen Find out what the deal is, or hey, listen, bring Timmy with you and try to convince him to stay. If you can't, let's ship him. Let's get something good out of it. If he go, like apparently, it's they're saying that the Lakers are the top team he wants to go to. Mm-hmm. I'm That's what to, he's saying. Yeah, they're not. Usually, saying. usually, what the player team, the team the player wants to go to, is a team the the actual team doesn't trade him to. The same thing with Kyrie last year. Exactly. Who wanted to go to what was it? The Heat, the Spurs, and the Knicks were his top three teams. Yes. And ended up going to Boston. Right. Also not a bad choice. Not a bad but choice. Not, at all. Not, not a team he listed. Yeah, so, exactly. Now but, oh sorry, go ahead. The Lakers don't seem to have the options mm-hmm. or like to really package a good deal for them to take unless they're willing to give up 
like I said, Brandon Ingram, maybe sign and trade with Julius Randle, give him the first-round pick, which is only number 25, which isn't even that good. Mm-hmm. A, a team like Boston has just so many more options. If even it, Cleveland with their seventh pick. Yeah. Um, interesting little thing. Uh, after it was reported that Kawhi wanted to go to the Lakers, it was also reported he never formally told the Spurs that, A, he doesn't want to play for them, and, B, that he wants to go to the Lakers as his primary destination. He never told that to the Spurs front office. It, it came from the camp. It came from, it came the, from the camp. Kawhi's camp. Yeah. What the fuck? Is his, Is the camp just his uncle just chilling on the phone? The fucking like. <laughs> yeah, no, he's going to go to – it's LeVar Ball. He's going to come to the Lakers. It's all good. Don't even worry about it. He's still got a fucking landline just like twirling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really know where Kawhi wants to go. Hey, I don't know what to tell you, nephew, but, man, he's going. He's out of there. Is he Southern now? No, he's Snoop Dogg. Oh, he's Snoop Dogg? <laughs> nephew. Um, but if he was to get traded, a team – it has to be number one, like to like. I would think to go after him has to be Boston, because mm-hmm. they have so much to give. Mm-hmm. They can and give they up. have so much raw talent already. It's scary. They could package a player like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown would be top of the list. Jalen Brown, you could throw in a player like I don't know if they want to give up Marcus Smart. Maybe a future first round pick. Maybe Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, whoever. Just throw even Rozier honestly if yeah. they want to. Yeah. They could package and like get it done to have. Imagine Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, and Kawhi. And you have uh, Morris in there. Yeah, it's just crazy. What a mm-hmm. lineup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you think of the possibility? Just as a closing on this, what do you think of the possibility of a sign and trade where Cleveland re-signs LeBron, packages him, and trades him off to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard? LeBron in San Antonio. LeBron in San Antonio playing under Pop. I mean. Do you think They're the not, dynamic would work? Because Pop... That doesn't work because Cleveland has no role in what LeBron does because he has the player option. He can choose what he wants to do. Yeah, but what if he wants to give something back to Cleveland as a party? Because he can sign the Supermax with Cleveland. He owes Cleveland absolutely No, nothing. that's true, but he can sign the Supermax for way more money with Cleveland. And then, and then trade... And then he can say, hey, listen, I'll, it's what Chris Paul did last year. I'll sign with you guys, and I'll make sure you get something back, but y'all got to trade me here as opposed to me just signing here. I mean, that's definitely interesting. I could, But I think also Kawhi wants to get paid too. Mm-hmm. He wants that $200 million extension because mm-hmm. he is kind of worth it. He's probably the second best two-way player in the league behind LeBron James. Kevin Durant. That's debatable. Kevin Durant, I think, just because of how he he he's been lights out for he, the last two seasons. Granted, it's he part is, of the system is, and whatnot, but he like, is decent on the defensive end. But like Kawhi is lights out on the defensive end of the floor. He can lock down any player he chooses to. Like, that's the thing. Kawhi shows up on the stats that aren't reported. Yeah. He's the best perimeter defender. He switched defense. He can do it all. He is the best off-ball defender as well as on-ball defender. Right. If you look at his highlights, just the way he impacts. Let's say a point guard drives past the point, drives past the defender. Mm-hmm. He just comes into that lane and he'll just swat. He'll just swat the ball when he's not even on it. Yep. And he'll just cause a fast break down the other end of the floor. Yep. That's that's where his value is is more than Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant needs that team system to be able to perform. Yeah. He can dominate on the offensive end, but like he could also disappear, like he did in some parts of the Houston series, like Game One of the uh, NBA Finals. He just disappeared, mm-hmm. especially in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So I personally think Kawhi, wherever he goes, paired up with another good player, even just Paul George, even if it's LeBron, one of those guys is an instant threat. Make a make a bold prediction right now. We said LeBron goes to L.A. Yeah. 
where does Kawhi Leonard get traded? I say Boston. It's the only one that makes sense to me. And Pop made it clear he will not trade Kawhi to the West. I say I'll go with Boston also if he were to go to a team because I feel like L.A. is just – that's what everyone wants. People want him to go to L.A. so they Stan can – won't do it. But they won't do it. Why they would they? Yeah. Why would they want to do that to themselves? Mm-hmm. They won't do it. It's like just shooting yourself in the foot, fucking classic Plaxo Burr. I know you don't know Plaxo Burrs. Took a gun into a strip club, former wide receiver for the Giants. Took a gun, loaded, shot himself, ended up going to jail for having an unlicensed gun. What a fucking legend. <laughs> That's what that that's almost what the Spurs wouldn't do. They would not they would not want to be Plexo Burris part two. They just sit in there, let's not be him. That's yeah. the one goal. They I don't just care where he goes. Plax is plastered on the fucking wall. Let's not be this fucking guy. <laughs> Alright? I don't give a shit where he goes. We're not gonna be him. Paul George, where does he go? Oh, he's going to LA. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Definitive. Yes. Chris Paul, where does he go? I mean if he's not going back to Houston, then a team like LA would be perfect for him. I think if he's not going back to Houston, he's only going to go where LeBron goes. I don't see if the Lakers get want to get LeBron, they can't sign any less than two star players. They they, they already have room for two max contracts right now. Paul George, LeBron, trade for work out some form of a trade for Kawhi Leonard, whether that be matching Julius Randle's RFA contract, whatever he's offered. Match that sheet, ship them off with a pick, Lonzo, whoever, to uh, uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you never know. That's, that's what, this is probably the most exciting offseason in recent memory, probably since 2010 or 2014. I mean, it just seems like every year there's just something that's happening. In something the huge, yeah. The NBA offseason is the best part. It was almost better than the season. It was better than the finals, 100%. I was looking oh, way definitely. more for I was like, what's going to happen in free Even agency? all news outlets were looking past it. Like, yeah, they were like, where, where does LeBron go? After game two, they were pretty much talking, where's LeBron going to go after this season? Right. Because they knew it was pretty much over. LeBron's pretty much all out of yeah. Cleveland. He did what he said. He brought them a title. He did his part. He did wonders for the community there. He owes him nothing. It's time for LeBron to move on if that's what he feels. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into the uh, NBA draft. Yeah, I man. love it. So interested in this. This is the it, first time I'm actually really getting invested into the draft, and I got to tell you, it's the raw prospects in this man just flat out amazing. The top, I can just look at it right here. The top, I'd say, twelve to fifteen prospects are all like freshmen. Mm-hmm. They're all one like and raw, one and dones. Yep. So, let's start at the top. You want to start with, uh, you want to talk picks or you want to talk players? Uh, let's talk players and then transition them. Or, well, let's talk picks and see who's going to take who or why, and we can touch on players while we're doing that. All right, let's go number one. Who do you think the, first, who do you think the Phoenix Suns take at number one? Uh, Luka Doncic. Really? Yes. Hmm. I think they go DeAndre Ayton. Why? I think they go Ayton because they need a big man, Alex Len. And Tyson Chandler just aren't doing it. And you have a player like uh, Devin Booker, and you have Josh Jackson already, who's at who's pretty much the same position as Doncic at six eight. They're pretty much the same build, but Doncic is a little bit bigger, heavier. Doncic is a point guard though. At six eight. Six eight point guard. Yeah. But in the league, I'd say he plays probably forward. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's going to be very heavy set on uh, on being the point. I mean, <clears> maybe. Point. Maybe. Or or a point forward, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. But yeah. But his guarding position, he's going to be guard. He's, I don't think he's, he's, you think he's going to be guarding point guards? No, he's no. He's probably going to be guarding small forwards, shooting guards. I like the makeup of Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, uh, Marquise Chris. Marcus Chris. Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris. Thank you. 
and DeAndre Ayton much more than uh, Doncic and those other three guys. I, I agree. I mean, in this case, it literally just seems like no matter who Phoenix picks, they can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. They have this wealth of talent. The only reason I think they go Luka is because, well, for one, the head coach they hired, Igor Kakasov, uh -huh. uh, he's the same coach that coached uh, Luka's team last year when they won the Euro, what, what is it, the Euro League or something? Something like that. Uh, the championship. Uh, yeah. Dragic won MVP. Luka was right behind him. Luka won Euro League MVP this year. He won Final Four MVP this year. Uh, they won the title last year. He's playing, I think, for uh, Real Madrid or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, Spain. And um, he's on his way to possibly becoming uh, another uh, champion in, in Europe. Um, I think that Luca goes number one because he's just raw talent. He mm -hmm. has the uh, – I, I have something pulled up here. He's got comparisons to James Harden – uh, Manu Ginobili, Tyreek Evans. I would go so far as to even say LeBron James light, almost like a Ben Simmons. Mm. Um, reason being, he's not a defensive liability. The guy is good at defending. He's good at switch defense. He's good at per. He, he's ref he needs to refine the perimeter defense just a little bit, but he can do everything. He can play make. He can ball handle. He's got a good shot. He can score from the perimeter. Uh, the only downside, really, that I see uh, to him is that his explosiveness, his athleticism isn't really as I top think, tier as yeah, it could be. I think those comparisons like James Harden, LeBron James-esque are very far-fetched. Even Manu, young Manu, was very explosive. Right. I think he's more crafty because he's not as, not as athletic as his players he's going to go against in the NBA compared mm -hmm. to Euro Leagues. I think he's going to be more creative. He'll draw a lot of fouls because mm -hmm. he's a smart NBA player, a basketball player. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just don't. I feel like DeAndre. They're like they're not looking for a project. I know that Doncic has like pro experience, but Aiden's ready to play now with his build in this league at seven foot, two hundred sixty pounds. Like you can't. That's just you're built to play. He's in the not. A, he's not a liability either. He's an excellent defender. He mm -hmm. can take a not a reliable, but he can t step back and take a three. You know, and, and that is very rapidly what the NBA is becoming in terms of bigs. Um, let, let's talk about Aiden for a bit. Uh, I, I don't even think, honestly, that Aiden's the best center in this draft. I think there's a better prospect than him in the same class. Who's that, Triple J? Nah, Mo Bamba. Oh, that's right, Mo Bamba. I too, think Mo yeah. Bamba is, he can end up being, out of this entire lottery, he can be the most dominant player in this class. You think so? He... Seven foot, he's elite defender, mm -hmm. and he can. I, I've been seeing videos of him on Instagram. He can fucking drain threes. Yeah, I did not know that about yeah. him. His jump shot's fucking awful. His form is weird, but he can. Oh yeah, sink it him. sinks it. He can he sink it. He sinks it. Yeah. Pick and roll, pick and pop. You can't teach that. Yeah, it's because he's got that just stupid long wingspan. He Have, can shoot these shots that. over DJ or Gobert or whoever, mm -hmm. and he can sink them. He's got he's got the sight to do it. Uh, the kid's only twenty years old. Uh, just to touch on it, in, in Texas, he averaged 13-10 on 57% shooting. Another player that came out of Texas, similar to him, Miles Turner. Look how he's doing. I mean, he kind of disappeared this year, yeah, but, but his, sophomore, his sophomore year, he was amazing. He was. He was very good this past it's, year. The only thing that I question about him that Aiden does have is his post-up game. Mm -hmm. like, Aiden's a much better post-up player than Bamba is. Right. Aiden seems to be very... Um, whether you want to call it AD, Cat, Patrick Ewing-esque. He, he looks like he's been in the league for like eight to ten years and he's ready just to win a ring. 
He looks like that dominant. He doesn't look ni- he doesn't look nineteen. He looks like yeah, he's when fucking I fu- almost thirty. When I first saw him, I was like, this dude's a freshman. Look at this dude. He's got a fucking. Mu- he's like built like he's been fucking lifting. He's, he's been he's built by the gods. Yeah. He's been drinking muscle milk out the fucking womb. He's been, no. He's been drinking that chocolate milk that Clay sponsors. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you want to move on to number two? Yeah, I mean, I it, think it's a toss up. No, I think if Doncic doesn't go one, he goes two. You think so? Hundred percent. No Bagley. No, I think Bag- Bagley's a tremendous player, but I think Doncic just has too much to offer. Just for like, I think Bagley can is like he can be a game change type player on the defensive side, on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. He is just that gifted. He can play down low. He can play up top. He can drive. He can do a little bit of everything, and he's a great rebounder. That's his Achilles heel, though, is that right now, anyway, not to say that you can't make him into a project and turn him into just a flat-out superstar player. Right now, he works incredibly closer to the bucket, and he has shown flashes of working better outside of the bucket. He has great handles. He has the ability to pass. He has that explosiveness that we were saying Doncic lacks. He has great agility. He's had some production that's been shown, things like that. And just a quick stat, he connected on more than 64% of his two-point shot attempts this mm-hmm. past season. 64%. I just think that, especially a team like Sacramento, they, they're trying to get a player to put asses in the seats because mm-hmm. they're lacking that. Like, the mm-hmm. team is has just – the fan base has almost ditched the team completely. And I think a player like Bagley compared to Doncic just will we'll do that for them. Well, I think Doncic – I mean, an this, interesting thing I read about Doncic is that when – uh, a lot of analysts and reporters were asked who was 2018 NBA Finals ready to play that you would put in unanimously Luka Doncic I mean you could say that because he he did not play in the college system he played in the pro league system like a player like all the other ones like Manu like Tony Parker like Porzingis they've been playing this game since they were 16 years old like right. pro level basketball right so like that's why usually international players what they lack in athleticism that American-born players do, they make up for it with their IQ. But, I mean, if you think about it, we touched on it earlier, and just to delve into it a little bit more now, the league is very, very rapidly turning away from what we were touching on about LeBron earlier, where run the shot clock down, feed it to your primary superstar, and let him go in, take contact, or make a shot. Mm -hmm. We saw clearly this past finals that is not going to win a championship anymore. You can't do that anymore. He has the agility. He has a ridiculous basketball IQ to be able to pass the ball, move the ball, take a shot, whatever the case is. Does he need to be super fast and explosive uh, looking at younger guys like Ben Simmons or Jason Tatum or Giannis or, or veterans like LeBron or Dwayne Wade or whoever? Does he need to do that, or is it more about team-oriented system work where a guy like Luka can lead a team and make them legitimately good or, you know, shine himself when he's not super explosive. Because you have guys that aren't super explosive. Think about Kelly Olenek um, he, or, or Joe Ingles. Not super explosive, but valuable and necessary contributors nonetheless. You turn that up to an 11, I think you get Doncic. And he's only 19. He has plenty of time to develop that explosiveness. It's very interesting to look at. It's, I think what Sacramento does sets up everything else for this lottery because mm-hmm. then next you have Atlanta mm-hmm. and whoever. If they had a chance, I feel like if Bagley drops to three, they take Bagley. But if it's the case that Doncic drops to number three, teams like Memphis, teams like Dallas, even teams like um, 
Mm-hmm. I was going to say Atlanta, but I don't think them. But I feel like Dallas would trade up to get a Doncic player, especially because they love – they have Dirk still who can, like, they mentor the kid. love the foreign guys, man. Den- Dennis Smith is the primary ball handler, and then you have Doncic who could just work as, like, co-pair, both of them together. I think that could be a good dynamic. Memphis, they just need more talent around them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these top three out of everyone else provide that from Bagley, Aiton, and Doncic, especially because they are lacking a primary ball handler unless Conley comes back and actually can be healthy. Mm-hmm. So they. So need it's pretty much unanimous. It's it's Aiton, uh, Aiton going one more than likely, Bagley and Doncic just to toss up for two. I just don't think Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta would want to build more assets than just take the one player because mm-hmm. they're just lacking talent everywhere. And Schroeder doesn't want to be there anymore, so that's another player that they might not have. So what Atlanta does. It's pretty. This top three is. I mean, not even top three. The two three pick is very interesting to see what's what's going to happen there. There are other really good superstars too. I think, regardless of who goes two or three, number four, JJJ, hundred percent. What does he remind you of? I feel like does he remind? Maybe it's because he goes to Michigan State, like a more athletic. Uh, I want to. I don't want to say Draymond because he's not a good facilitator. Like, what, look, what does he remind? He just reminds me of like a pure athlete. Um, I mean, I see here he's got shades of Miles Turner, the millionaires, Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to say. Uh, he's one of the youngest guys in the draft. He's only 18 years old. His last uh, last season's number 11, 6, 60% uh, field goal percentage. So he's – I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally believe he's one of those classic hustle players like that you want on your team. He won't be the superstar. He's not the guy that's going to take the last shot for you, but he can be a good role player for Draymond the team. Green. I mean, Draymond, it, Draymond's case is different because he was a facilitator for that team. He just was just not in good shape, and that's mm-hmm. why teams didn't really want to take him. Well, the, I think the one thing that will really stand out about Triple J as opposed to anybody else is how much defensive IQ he has. Yeah. He has really, really, really high defensive IQ, and he can step back and take a three mm-hmm. more reliably than a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. He can definitely sink a three. Probably not as much as some of the other guys, but he, he can definitely shoot that. Uh, Basketball Monster ran a top 164 prospect potential report, meaning who's going to you know, be the most impact player coming out of this draft class. Uh, if all the rookies played 30 minutes, Jaron Jackson came out on top, number one, most effective. He seems like a great fit for the modern NBA, uh, where it's headed, what it is now. Um, I don't know if you saw the Phoenix workout video that he did. He was even showing flashes of being able to handle the ball really, really well. Mm-hmm. So he can be a facilitator. He can be the guy that runs the ball down. Not necessarily saying run the entire offense through him, but he's a shot creator. He's a freaking amazing defender, Kawhi level uh, in terms of what he can grow into, you know, things like that. Uh, his offensive IQ is not the best. He doesn't have the super frame like Aiton to be a super freak in terms of rebounding, but he seems like he's someone that's cut out for a team with a defensive mentality, which is pretty much taking over and dominating today's NBA game. Mm -hmm. So I think that he falls four. Uh, And who has fourth? Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. Grizzlies have four. So It's interesting to see what they're going to do, what their moves are going to be, because they're trying to get talent around Marcus Hall and fast, Mm -hmm. because he... It seems like he wants to stay there, but if they're just not going to build a, like talent around him, he'll just, they'll just trade him. Let's talk a little quick hypothetical. The Grizzlies made it clear they're shipping that with Chandler Parsons, that pick. Who do you think can trade for that pick and take Chandler Parsons' cancer contract? 
I would love a team like my team, like the Brooklyn Nets, to be able to take, because they just seems to be doing that, like taking on bad contracts to be able to build for the future. And they have so many. Who would they trade? The only guy that's really valuable is D'Angelo Russell. I feel like it would just be the, I mean, I don't know if they would trade De- D'Angelo. That would be stupid. Why would he's their only good player? I don't know what the situation might be. I don't know if they're just going to package a bunch of picks and some cash to be able to... Maybe they can RHJ... Um, who, who is the young kid that they the center? They have Jared Allen. The Jared young Allen. That, they have Jared Allen, uh, RHJ, Karis LeVert, D'Angelo. Karis LeVert was really good, too, as an all-around... Like, like yeah. you like to call it Swiss Army Knife this yeah. past season. He was great at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can do LeVert they, uh, and Jared Allen. They can do RHJ and Jared Allen and, and cash and picks and possibly if, swipe that pick for it. If they're trading for the fourth pick, they're trading, I potentially think, for the guy that's projected number five, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. Yep. I think they'd be trading for him. Yep. I mean, if they're giving up that fourth pick, then they're going to package Jared Allen in there. Like for 100%, because why keep two centers like that? Especially when you have Dwight on the team now. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would package him with their first-round pick, maybe a couple second-round pick. I don't know like what the type of packaging would be, but they would go after Mo Bamba, definitely. And for good reason. He's a very talented player. Mo Bamba definitively, I think, can be defined as potential. Yeah, 100%. He has so much upside. He's got Gobert-like rim protection. I see here he was playing in a clogged court. Uh, like Embiid did with Kansas. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, he was connecting on almost 70% of his shots. Uh, he shot 68.1% from the free throw line, 27.5% from three. He's he's all his coaches were raving about how high his basketball IQ is. I yeah. I compare I compare him to a player, at least now like Miles Turner, because same school, same system, mm-hmm. same athletic ability. They both shoot, both can defend pretty well. But we're talking about different systems in the NBA, too. Yeah. If he goes to Memphis, if he goes to Brooklyn. If he goes to Brooklyn, he's going to have to be be able to step back because they play that run-and-gun system where they take a lot of three-pointers. Mm-hmm. But he also needs to be that defensive anchor for them, which mm-hmm. is where they lack. They lacked so much in the painted area. They just gave up so many easy buckets, which you would think a, p- a player like Jared Allen would thrive in. Mm-hmm. And maybe just because he was so young, I'd still give Jared Allen a chance to be a good NBA player. He is still like 20, 21 years old. He's, and he's very young, but has he shown that? He's shown he's shown he could definitely make highlight plays. He can definitely get up get up to any player and block shots or make posterizing dunks. But he still needs to get accustomed to the NBA and the system. This is what you're saying, like finishing at the rim in terms of highlight plays and things like that. Mm. Yes and no. Um, I don't know. Uh, again, the league is very quickly straying away from that. You need a, a big that can, you know, pace and space. Pace and space. That's, that's all the league is. Um, I say move on. Let's move on to number six, the Orlando, Orlando Magic. I feel like they just take best available. Trey Young. You think Trey Young? I'm. He's definitely the most talked about player in this class, just purely based on what he did in college. Lights out first half, man. Lights out first half. If they go point guard, I feel like they should go. Maybe they just don't want a repeat of uh, Alfred Payton because that's who Colin Sexton is. Colin Sexton's almost the same type of player that Alfred Payton was. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little more explosive, can score the ball a little bit better. Oh, we didn't even think about that. The Suns also have Alfred Payton. Mm-hmm. So how would that play into it? I mean, he's just a, he's just a facilitator, pretty much. Facilitator, defender. Devin Booker's taking bulk of those shots. Yeah. And Josh Jackson, when he comes to his own, will take a lot of shots. And they even have T.J. Warren, very good scorer. They have a lot of young players in that team. But I wouldn't put past a player like Michael Porter going there. 
Michael he, Porter. Tell us he, a little bit about Michael Porter. He's the biggest question mark mm. in this entire class. He was a number two overall uh, player coming out of high school behind Bagley. Mm-hmm. And he barely played because he got injured at the beginning of the year from Missouri. But when he came back, he played one game in the tournament, made an impact, scored he didn't play too well, but he put his he put a lot of stats in the stat sheet. Ten and seven, thirty eight percent from the field. The the one thing that is a question mark with him, other than his injury history, which I think will be fine coming into the pros, is his commitment. So, do you think that can deter from buying into a team system? I think that question mark is what will drive him into the next level. All those doubters that think like. I, that he's not going to be committed, he's not going to be, he's almost be a bust coming out before he plays a single second in the NBA, will drive him. And he can have any team from 6 to 10. I don't think it goes past, I honestly don't think it goes past number nine mm-hmm. of the Knicks. Even uh, Philly, I mean, even Philly, past 10. He's not going past the top 10, 100%. I don't think so, yeah. I think you're right. I, I think a, a huge thing with him, his main, main, main selling point is how well he scores. Oh, yeah. The guy can drain a shot from anywhere. But the, another thing is, like, there's just not that much tape on him. Like, no one really knows what he could do because you can't compare him to his high school level. I mean, you could, but... That's not NBA. Stuff. It's not enough. Not even remotely. You just have... It, there's just... Who wants to take a chance on him? And this is what you do in the lottery. You take chances because yeah. either it works out for you or you just get... It's just you need to take chances to be able to become a better team. Yeah. You can be safe and take a player like... I mean, not even Trey Young is safe, but you can take a player like Colin Sexton to be more safe. But if you really want to be into that upper echelon of teams, you take a player like Michael Porter, even a player like Trey Young. Gamble. Just gamble on them. Definitely. Because they have that superstar potential. I think Trey Young goes after him, if not before. Well, Trey Young is, they compare him to Steph Curry. He's very undersized. He's not Steph Curry. He's a good passer, but he's very ball dominant. I feel like he has Steph Curry range with the mindset of Russell Westbrook. Like, he needs the ball in his hands to be able to do anything. If he doesn't have the ball in his hands, then he's pretty much not an impact. He's not very good off the ball. So explain to me why you think Trey Young is the number six pick instead um, of Michael Porter, who I believe is number six pick. It's interesting that you brought up Westbrook uh, a second ago. Get this stat. Trey Young in college had a 37% usage rate. He was pretty much doing everything on the court all the time. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, in his MVP candidate year where he was doing everything, 34.1% usage rate. The only guy that he was second to was James Harden, who had 36% usage rate. Mm -hmm. So very, very Russell Westbrook-esque, 49% assist rate almost in all that usage time. So he can be a, a dominant impact player. Virtually everything that they did was run through him. He has massive upside to be a huge, big impact player. But I mean, then again, in saying that, he also has the potential to not really flourish into anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's just the way the, the coin falls. I think that it would be wise to to take that gamble and to draft him. Uh, is it necessarily wise to draft him over, you know, somebody else? Maybe not. But if I'm at that pick, I take him. I think he definitely has the highest boom or bust uh, potential in this draft. Mm-hmm. He's either going to be a future all-star or he's just going to be one of those players that struggles to shoot over 40% in the league for every Campbell year. Kemba Walker. Then, yeah, pretty much. Kemba Walker. I mean, Kemba Walker's, Kemba Walker's rounded out to be a decent NBA player. Definitely. Over, over to after they brought Batum in, yes. Yeah. So, Trey Young, especially like a smaller market like Orlando, it could definitely help them. 
I feel like that's why teams like like this bring in players like this because they want to get people excited about Ass the team. And seat, man. Yeah, that's Ass all it's about. At the end of the day, that's all it's about. You gotta make money. Of yeah. course. Number seven, Chicago. Hmm. Chicago is interesting. Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense for them because they have. I feel like they have a surplus of small like of guards and like players like who they have, they have Zach Levine. They have uh, Markinen already. They have who else do they have? Punch Bob. What's his name? The Punch Face guy. Oh, Mir- uh, not Miritich. Uh, uh, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. I mean, in that same light, actually. I, I retract my previous team. Don't you think they're pretty heavy in the front court compared to the back court? No. Uh, power forwards, yeah, but for center they were playing freaking Robin Lopez for the past two years. But like you're saying, when isn't the league transitioning towards having more like athletic players? Couldn't Bobby Porter technically play that five spot, marking at the floor? I think Carter shows more promise than, in that position. Yeah. Than a Bobby Portis? Yeah, because he... Think about it. This is a kid coming out of college who has had comparisons to Al Horford. Mm-hmm. And Al Horford, as everyone knows, probably right now in in this transition period to where the NBA is headed, is probably the most valuable center in the league because of how much basketball IQ he has, because of how unselfish he is. He runs an offense. He's pass first. He's a point center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wendell Carter can do that. He can pass. He can shoot. He's a pretty good defender. He has the upside to, I know earlier we mentioned Clint Capella. If he continues to improve how well he is on defense, he can do that. And he's a pretty good rebounder too. So mm-hmm. he has that upside to be that ball-grabbing guy who can, you know, not necessarily run it down the floor, but he can make the extra pass. He can grow into being an offensive and defensive threat. I agree. I agree on that Wendell Carter pick. Seven, Wendell Carter to Chicago. Yeah. Number eight, Cleveland. What the fuck is Cleveland going to do? Are they going to trade this pick, take this pick? Are they trying to take the next superstar to, to replace LeBron James? I would say if anyone Michael Porter falls to them. Um, you, th- you don't think he's going past number eight? Cleveland's going to take I think I think the reports came out that if he's there at number eight, Cleveland's going to take him. Mm-hmm. I think there's too much upside before him. Not that I'm saying it can't happen, but – um, Especially just to fill it, just right when LeBron leaves, just fill that right that small forward position right there. Or like Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Col- I think it's either it's really one of these two players, either Sexton or it's Michael Porter. Bridges. Bridges, no. I think Bridges. They're trying to find someone that could be like ball dominant because that's what LeBron James was. They're trying to find that next person that could dominate the ball and make things happen for the team. And I don't think Bridges is that type of player. You don't think uh, Sexton – or, I'm sorry, Sexton, I would say. Is Sexton. That, he's a very Russell Westbrook-esque the player. The three players – I can even throw Trey Young in the mix if he doesn't go to Orlando and he yeah. drops, falls. Yeah. Trey Young, uh, Colin Sexton, or Michael Porter. I think – I said Porter at six. I'll say Sexton at, at eight. To Sexton at eight? Yeah, to Cleveland. Sexton has really high upside. Yeah. He has really, really high upside because it's just attractive to see such a – Explosive score first mm-hmm. point guard, very Russell Westbrook esque. Yeah. Um, so who you're saying? You're saying Porter at number eight? I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I'll 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 say Porter. All right, number nine, the New York Knicks, the great great New York Sh- Knicks. Shit show of the century. I'll just throw my pick out there right now. If they don't take Mikael Bridges, not Miles. No, Mikael Bridges at number at number nine. That'd be a huge mistake for them. Why? Because he's very definitive on that. Because he has what they're lacking. He has his shooting potential, catch-and-shoot guy, great on-ball defender, and a team guy. He knows how to win. That's what they're missing in New York. 
They're missing people that know how to win. He won two years for Villanova. He's a he's your standard three and D prospect. You know, uh, he he his numbers uh, eighteen five two assists sixty three sixty two percent shooting. He has a beautiful stroke, by the way. Seven foot two inch wingspan, and he is only six seven, two hundred pounds. It's crazy. This guy is the real deal. One this of the older guys in the draft, twenty one. I compare him. Maybe a little far-fetched. He could be Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson-esque. He has that beautiful jump shot, catch-and-shoot guy, very quick release, and very good on-ball defender. So he can be the secondary guy, you think? Or yeah, he's think not a superstar. Okay. No, I, no, but you have Porzingis there. Yeah, that's true. Barring how he comes back from his injury. Is Porzingis a superstar? That's a, that's that's a, a question, right? That's, that's, a question. A, that's a question for another day. I say no. Fair enough. Fair enough. So who, who are you saying? Who do you think the Knicks will take at number nine? Um, Colin Sexton's still on the board. He is? Oh, Sexton. You, you didn't have him going anywhere. I oh, had, okay. Then I, I think I had him going uh, number eight to Cleveland. Okay, if that's the case, then I, I give him Sexton. If not, Mikal Bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Miles Bridges is also good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the older guys in the draft. Uh, he opted last year to return to college instead of declaring for the draft. He improved a lot over the past year in college to be able to play off the dribble. He can run off the screen. He can take shots. He's explosive. He can shoot. He can finish. All that type of stuff. Miles Bridges is someone that you can throw in the conversation. Is what I'm saying. Uh, if not Wendell, uh, I'm sorry. If not uh, Sexton, then definitely my um, Mikael Bridges. Okay, so number ten, Philly. I think this could be a huge pick for them, especially just the potential they have. I think they're trying to get uh, a good shooter. I say a player. If Bridges doesn't go number nine to the Knicks, which again would be stupid, if they don't take him. A player like Kevin Knox. Mm. Who out of Kentucky, great shooter, has some question marks about uh, how committed, how like his uh, mentality. He's very, he's very immature. He can either be very lights out, but like and dominate the game, or he can just completely disappear. So a player like him, even a player like Miles Bridges from Michigan State, who I think personally could be the real uh, underdog, like the not talked about player, like Donovan, Donovan Mitchell last Mitchell. year. Yeah, who was cool. also an older guy. Yeah, he was a tweener. And that's the same thing. The same thing for uh, for Miles Bridges. He could either play the small forward or the power forward position. He'll probably play the three guard, but it's the positionless, ba- positionless basketball in the NBA today. So he can play wherever. And he's a great defender, good shooter, good passer, decent at taking the ball to the hole. He's a good player. And that's just something they're not looking for a superstar. They're just looking for good teammates to have around the st- superstars, which are Ben Simmons. And Joel Embiid. I think if we're talking about Philly, it would be it would make more sense anyway for them to take Knox. The better he's, shooter. He's younger. He has much higher uh, offensive upside. He's a tall kid, six nine, mm-hmm. and he can be a, he can be what they were looking for out of faults. He can be a go to scorer mm-hmm. if he gets his act together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, interesting question here. Does Philly try and trade some of its assets to also move up in the draft and have a higher pick? Do they package Robert Covington and the 10th pick to try and jump up? I mean, I feel like position Philly's in, I feel like at 10, they know what they have. And I don't know if there's a player that they're they're not looking for another superstar, I would say. Maybe they are, but I feel like they can get good value at number 10. And they're also, don't forget about it, they're probably not going to get him. 
LeBron's still in that sweepstake, quote unquote, to go to Philly. I doubt he goes to. Philly. I doubt it too. It would stunt Ben Simmons' growth 100%. so so drastically. And they still have Markel Fultz, Fultz, who is the number one overall pick. So you have him. You have Ben Simmons. You have Joel Embiid. You have Saric. You have all this talent still on the team. Yeah. There's no reason to really trade up to get someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think a shooter is what they're looking for. They have JJ. Kevin Knox, that's what I said, Kevin Knox, Mikhail Bridges, if he, does, if he falls to them. And I guess I, I just personally like Miles Bridges. I would actually hate to see him go to that team because I think he can be a superstar in the league, and I feel like he should have the opportunity to have the ball in his hands. And have that come to the next pick, Charlotte, who do you think they take? Um, I mean, Charlotte's in desperate need of a big. I think whatever big is their best pick at that point. Actually, I'm sorry, did I, did I get you? Did we get your number 10 pick? Who would you say Philly was going to take? I would say, I mean, it, it would make sense for them to to take uh, God, Knox. Uh, it would make sense for them to take Knox, but... Uh, number 11, Charlotte. I don't even know what the deal with this team is. I think they... They're in full rebuild mode. Yeah, so I don't really know. If they trade... Do you think they try to do something like ship out Kemba or Nick? Yeah, yeah. I think they try, they're trying to get rid of Kemba, definitely. I feel like they're full rebuild, and he, uh, with that contract, they just don't want to have that. So they get rid of him. Uh, I say if they get rid of him, they go with a player like uh, Shy. I'm going to butcher this name, Shy Gilgelius Alexander. And he was, he's a very good point guard. He's a very uh, floor general type point guard. Like, he'll run the team for you. He's not the best shooter, can get to the hole, great passer. Really, really good on defense. Yeah. Really, really good on defense. But his offensive stats weren't bad. 14-5 and five with four rebounds. Mm-hmm. He was very – he was – the reason they did so well in the SEC tournament was because of him. He was very dominant in the entire SEC tournament, and that's why they won, and that's why they got the good position in the, in the tournament. I think at 11, Charlotte takes him. That's my personal belief. I still have I still have Trey Young on my board. I still he is you still not have Trey Young on your board. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did he not get taken yet? I just I I don't know. I mean, he'll probably get taken, but this is just my personal belief. He's not good enough to be in the top ten. All right, let's let's uh, you know closing down on the lottery, closing down on the most um, explosive superstar potential picks. Where do you think Trey Young falls in the draft? Because like you said earlier, no spot for him yet for you. I don't think he, he falls out of the lottery. I think he goes to the Clippers at either 12 or 13 because they have back-to-back picks. So I could see him going there and then them potentially going with Zaire Smith, who is another good player. Hmm. Signed to Puma, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's also a Puma he's guy. He's also a Puma guy? Yeah. Interesting that you say he signed with Puma. Uh, a couple of other huge names that signed with Puma. DeAndre Ayton and, and Bagley. Uh, Marvin Bagley. Bagley, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know you know that uh, Puma has a new head of basketball. Yeah, it's Jay-Z. And I think that's, out of everybody, he was the biggest signing to make him <laughs> head, of, head of the operations for them. It's head just, of basketball operations is his title. He is going to transition Puma back into the limelight. Apparently, back in the 90s, there was three big players in the NBA. It was Puma, Adidas, and Nike, mm-hmm. and then Puma kind of fell out of that to become more of a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. So the big players like Nike and uh, Adidas stayed around, but Puma's out of it now. They want to try and transition back into the NBA. So getting prospects like Aiton, Bagley, and uh, uh, Zaire Smith 
are huge. Getting that raw prospect in Jay-Z is huge. Yeah, 100%. So get this. Uh, here's some quotes. Tell me what you think about it. Marvin Bagley said, I chose Puma. Be- uh, sorry, and I quote. I chose Puma because I wanted to be different. I saw an opportunity where I can come in and build from the jump and work to get to a certain level. I saw myself doing that. They have some real nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and DeAndre Ayton said, Puma is the best deal. To me, anyone can make your shoe. Anybody can make the best shoe for you and put the right fit in the shoe. We were dealing with Nike people, Under Armour, and all the other shoe companies for a pretty long time. We ain't really got bad blood with any of them, but it's not bad to start something new. We just thought Puma was the right fit. Nike is Nike. Adidas is Adidas. I've played in their circuits and stuff like that, but now it's a business. You don't just want the product. You're not a kid anymore. You're really trying to get the bank. That's about it. Damn. I mean, that's smart. Smart coming from an 18-year-old. Do you think it's something along the lines of, and I, I don't know if this is going to be considered a stretch or not, but do you think that their logic is the same logic as to why Clay Thompson signed with Anta? Yeah, they want to pretty much... Clay Thompson's reasoning is he wanted to be the Michael Jordan of Anta. So he wanted to be the guy to build the brand. Right. So it's almost the same exact thing. But also, signing these shoe deals right out before the draft, you can like make good money. And if you want to transition over to Nike when you become a superstar, any of these guys potentially become one, they'll pay you that money. They'll right. do the same thing like Kevin Durant, where they just gave him, they threw him a shitload of money to sign with them. LeBron Lifetime. Yeah, exactly. I'm just upset personally that none of them signed with the big baller brand. ZO2 can't be alone forever, guys, and Leangelo still got a little bit of time before he joins the NBA. Did you see Leangelo did a, a Foot Locker commercial? No. It was the Foot Locker man, uh, com- uh, commercial was pretty much touching on his uh, arrest on uh, Ch- in China. Oh, for stealing? Yeah, it's like, this, this, uh, these uh, shirt deals are a steal, and it's just like, it's quiet, and like, what's his name, Z'Angelo, what the fuck's his name D'Angelo. is? D'Angelo. Oh, no, Leangelo. Leangelo, like, looks at him, like, all like, man, really? He's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to stay as far away from the Ball family as possible. Ball yeah. the family. <laughs> He's like, is this fucking thing's a crime or some shit like that? I don't know. Stupid, super commercial. And with that, that'll conclude episode three of the Sports Lampoon Podcast. Chadwick, any closing statements? Uh, just make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at Sports Lampoon on Instagram, and on Twitter, it's sports underscore lampoon. And if you want to uh, shout us out any questions or ideas, make sure to email us at sportslampoon at gmail.com. Yeah, we read that every day. Uh, we are very open to receiving any stories. If anyone wants to set up a call to be on the podcast, anything like that, we're more than open to it. Mm-hmm. Be sure to give our social media handles a follow. Uh, stay tuned in. Generico and Angle Snatch signing out. We'll see you next week. Peace, guys. Take it easy.